Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing this guy named Luke Sell. That's me. That's him. That's me, right here. Luke Sell is a, a boy who has grown up. That's what I look like now. He's 20 years old, and he hails from Jasper, Georgia. He is a, He has been very involved with a lot of our stuff. Yes. So a lot of ECYD back home in Georgia, and now starting year two as an RC missionary. Yes. And we've been through a lot together, and... Uh, Sounds like we went to war or something. We we act, almost did spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. So today I wanted to just ask you a few questions. Do I have to answer like honestly the, the correct way, yes. or if you ask me like, so how important was your family? Can I just give you some other completely no, off topic? No, oh, okay. You have to be honest. Okay, honest and and just you know brief, and I'll cut you off if I have to. <laughs> Let's do it. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh. So. <laughs> Yes. Ah, uh, gosh. <laughs> I have to deal with. See, this is, this is what I have to deal with. This is what I have to deal with. He with these is actually the one in charge of the missionary program. So therefore, he chose me to come here and then let me stay for a second year. So no, he, God chose him. Well, then, are you gonna talk for you? I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna see? come up with a joke see? and see what happens. So, Luke, my first question is: You grew up in a Catholic family? Yes. Very Catholic. So what are the things that you look back on and in a sense value and treasure and cherish from how your parents um, in a way introduced you to the faith and kept you there? Like what are the things that really marked you in your 20 years of life? Did they, they impact you in, in this decision of being a missionary and all these things? So shoot. So for one, um, they're, I have amazing parents, by the way. They are two of the most holy people I've ever met in my life. Um, and growing up, one thing that really sticks out to me even now is their un, almost undying effort to send me to a Catholic school or at least a Christian school for you know the later couple of years of my education. But um, really going above and beyond the call of duty to make the money that was necessary in order to give me a good Catholic education send me to ECYD camp, send me to all the different retreats and events that the Legionaries and Regal Christie put on, um, and really just going, like I said, above and beyond um, anything that I could have asked for in terms of giving me those opportunities to grow in my faith. And then um, on top of that, just constant reiteration of God's plan in um, not only my life, but our life as a family and in their lives. Um there's a couple of years where sometimes there wouldn't have been enough money in order to send me to school. And, you know, my mom, I, I would be like, mom, like, am I good? Am I going to be able to go back to Pinecrest? Am I going to be able to, you know, see all my friends again? Like, what's the, what's the deal? Like, you know, I'm in fifth grade. I don't really know much, but, um, and she would always just say, you know, if the Lord wants you at Pinecrest, the Lord will provide. If the Lord wants you here, he will provide. If he wants you to do this, he will provide. And she still says that now. And whenever I contact her for, fundraising advice or anything that I need now. She's always like, you know what, Luke, if the Lord wants you there, the Lord will provide. So between that and like I said earlier, the constant just doing whatever it takes to send me to a good Catholic school and give me a good education. That's, that's really what impacted me the most growing up in, in terms of, you know, our faith. Yeah. Our I, I actually, you, 
you struck a chord there when you said uh, unconditional. Um, is that true? I said undying, actually. You struck another chord <laughs> called undying. <laughs> undying, unconditional. I'm just kidding. You said unconditional. Did I really? Yes, you did. And it's an, it's, No, it is. Look back. Yeah. It's hopefully. <laughs> Whichever the case yes, is. Like, I didn't want it to get is, It is. You can always roast me. It's fine. Um, keeps me humble. But the whole unconditional thing, like your mom and your dad did all that they could giving you the things that you needed to grow in your faith, mm-hmm. right? Your education, as you said, your camps, your retreats. And was that kind of a... I'm kind of begging the question here, but was that uh, one of the things that you could say they cared about me? They cared about my faith. Like oh, yeah. They loved me through these things. Yeah, 100%. Um, I always felt the, the love of my parents in a more like human way. Um, you know, was, you know the way they treated me, the things they did for me. Um, it was always amazing. But when I really felt like their love um, the most was the sacrifice, like I said, that they went through for mm-hmm. all those years. Um, even, you know, my mom, I said, she worked so much and my dad worked so much more than I can even imagine growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember days where I'd be getting up for school and he would just be walking in the door after like giving 15, 16 hours at the office, working all night. And then he would come home just to drive us to school because my mom had to go to another business thing. And then he would drive back to the office for the day. And um, so many times where he would drop everything he, uh, so many times he would drop everything that he had to do um, just to come and support me. He was my baseball coach for multiple years. Um, and just really, as I grew up, the more I understood the sacrifice that they went through mm. to do everything they did for me. Um, just the more I understood about it and the more I realized what they did, the more love I had for them, the more appreciation I had for them, the more respect, whatever, insert adjective. Mm. You know, it's it was really, truly a blessing. That's great. That's, I think a lot of, a lot of families actually, I, I guess good Catholic families have that dynamic and, um, you know, you all are one of those, right? It, it, and it's funny when you, when you shared how your brother discerned the call to the oratorians. So Luke has an older brother who just joined the oratorians in Washington, DC. So, you know, it goes to show what family he came from. Right. Um, but question. Answer. When you're in high school, I think a lot of, a lot of moments you didn't really think about how loved you were. Right. Because we all go through that, so what were the, what are the moments in high school that, if you want to share, if you can share, kind of the struggles you had, in in receiving that care or or accepting or being aware of that, like things, or moments when you kind of took it for granted. Were there moments where you took it for granted, where you kind of like, not necessarily like prodigal son squandering the property of your parents, but to a certain degree, like your parents are loving you. And now that you're like two, three years after high school, mm-hmm. you know, you're now young, young, you're a young adult, you look back and be like, gosh, I could have taken advantage of that better. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple times um, really that stuck out to me is in my schoolwork, in my actual academics. Um, there was a time in my life uh, in high school 
where I just did not care one ounce about my schoolwork. I didn't do homework. I didn't do anything. I just, you know, I would go and talk to my friends and I would go to school to be on the sports teams and I would show up in class because you didn't go to class, you know, your parents found out and you couldn't go to practice. And, you know, but I, I would go for my friends and, you know, school came not even second, but like third or fourth in my priorities of when I actually stepped on, stepped on campus in the morning. And looking back, you know, after everything I said earlier about, you know, the just undying and unconditional sacrifice that they would give to me and, and the things they would do for me. And then I would just, you know, take advantage of it, whether I was used to it or whatever. And I would just, in a sense, like throw it away, like all their hard work, um, certain times. And, you know, it's not my brightest moment, but I think the Lord still gave me that opportunity to learn from it. Um, and then, you know, as, as I got older, I did start to care about school a little bit more, you know, so. The keyword is a, a little bit, little, a little bit more, little, a bit little bit more. Just kidding. Great. Yes. If you, is the next question. If you had a chance and you, you do have the chance as a missionary, you deal with all these high schoolers. That's what you do, right? You work mm-hmm. with high schoolers and you probably see a lot of kids that were like, gosh, they're kind of doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. what I did. Right. Not doing anymore. Exactly. Because I don't go to school because I'm a He's missionary. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, well, kind of. Yeah, it's true. That is not that, that is not the reason no, why no, I want no, you to no. be a missionary. No, it's, but it's but just it's a byproduct of being byproduct. a missionary. Byproduct. Perks. 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 It's a pro. It's a pro. <laughs> not a con. Not a con. Definitely not. Well, maybe. So um, if you were if you were to tell if you were to tell some high school kid out there, it's like a message or something mm-hmm. about kind of waking up to the reality of, of gosh, you got to recognize how much your parents love you. Like, how do you say that? How do you tell a high schooler that's probably taking their parents for granted or in that rebellious year? Yeah. Um, and you, maybe from our, from our perspective, we're like, you just want to shake the kid up and mm-hmm. you're like, wake up. Stop it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So what do you say? What do you say? Um, I would just tell them that, <laughs> sorry, um, your parents love you no matter what. Um, they always will and they always do. Um, they don't always show it to you in the way that you want it to be shown to you. But, you know, when you are going through that kind of rebellious state, like you said, of just um, like, oh, my parents, like they, don't, like they don't want me to have freedom. They don't want me to do this. They don't want me to do that. They don't want me to have fun. Um, the thing I always tell them is, they do want you to have fun, but your parents, as I learned, a lot of times they know what's best. And sometimes that's from their own experiences. Sometimes that's just from them being a parent and they're mm-hmm. older and they just know more. Um, and so the best thing you could do as a child, a son, daughter, whatever, um, is just listen to them mm-hmm. always. And um, they do know what's best. And it's hard to see that sometimes when you are just thinking about what you want to do and your priorities and your, you know, life. But you have to understand that they're, they're thinking about your life and they're also thinking about their lives. Mm. And they're also thinking about, you know, if you have any siblings, they're thinking about their lives and they're thinking about all these other things. And it's not going to look like the way you want it to look like. But in the end, if you do that, if you do really listen to your parents, you trust them, and you just do what they say almost like unconditionally. There's the word again. Um, if you do what they say unconditionally, um, 
then you won't regret it. It's the same, you know, in your faith, if you do what the Lord says unconditionally, which you're not going to be able to do all the time because none of us are perfect, just like you're not going to be able to listen to what your parents say unconditionally mm-hmm. all the time. But the best thing you can do is try your absolute hardest to listen to them and follow them because they know what's best and they have your best interests on their minds all the time. Guarantee. No matter what, 100%. 100%. 100%. That's true. That's true. And I feel I feel the same way. I just spoke to my parents the other day. They celebrated 40 years of marriage. And his parents celebrated 25. 25. Crazy. I want to end with one thing. What is that one thing you do every NFL game day on Sunday afternoon that has created this special bond that you have yes. with your dad? Yes. I... Every single time I'm, so my family was originally born, my family was born, well, I guess my family was born in Ohio, actually, if that makes any sense. No, but I was originally born in Ohio. Both my parents are from Ohio, Um, so we're big Cleveland Browns fans, Mm. and it's not been smooth sailing over the last (laughs) 50 some odd years, (laughs) (laughs) but um, every Sunday, uh, me and my dad, we if we're both watching the game live, we are texting each other nonstop the whole time throughout the game. Oh, did you see that? Look at that block. You know, what a catch. That was a flag. You know, whatever. Mm. Um, but every Sunday, as soon as the game's over, and most of, the, most of the time at halftime too, we call each other, we talk about the game, and if it was up to me and I didn't have other things to do or if he didn't have other things to do, we would talk for five, six hours easily. <laughs> no problem. That's probably an exaggeration, but no problem. Right, we could talk for forever on uh, the Browns and – that's a special bond that my dad and I have. Um, that's why I like to say I'm his favorite son because no one else likes sports like I do, and he does. So, oh. yeah, man, I want to put that in. But. I might. Noah, Jake, Sam, if you guys are listening, uh, it's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask Come on, that. Sam. Don't Sam, ask that. Sam's well, okay, Sam's Sam, everyone's favorite. Sam's, Sam's, Sam's everyone's yeah. favorite. But yeah, he's the youngest, right. so he's natural. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great bond you have with your dad. So, yes. so dad's out there, you know, find that thing. Find that one thing that you can bond with your son over. Yes. Uh, if that's to go to the extremity of Browns games. Just kidding. Go Just kidding. Browns, baby. Respect, I respect. This is our year. Total respect. This is our year. Our year. He's a Browns fan. He said it. I asked him what his favorite team was. He says, I don't know. And I'm like, you're a Browns fan. He's like, okay. And then he's kind of like, wait, what did I just say? I was like, is early from like... Like, I don't know, Rhode Island. The Rhode Cleveland, Island. Baby. Oh, Cleveland. I thought it was Rhode Island Browns. Hey, uh, you're a musician. You know where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is? Uh, Colorado. Ohio. Not Colorado Rockies. The Rock Rocky Rockies. Mountains. Oh, not the Rock Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. There you go. Well, thanks for this conversation, Luke. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Keep it up. Offer the invite. I hope everything was true. Everything was true. Okay. Even the part where I'm my dad's favorite song. Maybe. I hope. Yikes. I hope it's true. I Yikes. It's true. Don't quote me. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Thanks, Luke. Thank you. YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everyone that's listening out there. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Luke. That's a great, <laughs> great closer. Great closer.